Hello, Acaville Radio. Welcome to another episode of Talk Appella. I am one half of your host, Brian Alexander, and joining me as always is Alicia Edwards. Brian, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. You know, we got the long holiday weekend coming up, not, so I'm okay, excited. Not everyone does. To- Whoa, whoa, you don't have no, tomorrow? No, I do. <laughs> I was about to say, wait a minute. I feel bad then by saying that. I guess we should probably also tell our listeners that we're recording on July 2nd, unless this is going to be released <laughs> when another holiday is coming up. At this point, I would hope that our listeners know we don't really do this show live. <laughs> it would be awesome to do that, but there are a lot of logistical things we'd have to work through. Yeah, so. that would be fun. Yeah. But for those out there who don't get the third day off for this coming weekend, I do feel for you. I'm sorry to hear yeah, that. I, I feel um, bad for you. You should find another yes. job. <laughs> you know what? And and this climate, you know, you have to kind of be okay with whatever unless, you can get at this you point. Unless you really love so. your job, in which case. Or that yeah. too. <laughs> which I do. So, But I am grateful to have the third off. Oh, good, good. I'm glad to hear that. Do you have any big holiday plans coming up? Anything exciting um, happening in your life? No. <laughs> wow. Okay, straight to the point. Nope, I'm good. Had, I'm just going to sleep. I was sleep. like, do I have anything? I mean, I could say that I'm going to like reupholster this bench that I have, which is like, so what? basically crafting. But mm, yeah, I'm like, that, yeah, just say I'm sleeping all weekend. Am I going to yeah. do it? Probably not. I'll probably be sleeping all weekend like you just said. You know what? There's no shame in that. You know what? It's, it's I've totally had a cool. really busy week with work, so I have no problem with doing that. And my husband's younger brothers are coming over this weekend by this weekend Mm -hmm. i mean they're coming over tonight and sleeping over two nights in a row oh wow that's gonna be fun i'm not sure how i feel about that (laughs) well you know video gaming and yeah what there's nothing wrong with gaming i don't really video game so oh you need to get into it i played diablo one time and that was really fun because i just killed everything oh wow i I don't think i've played diablo i'm definitely i'm familiar with it it was fun Not that I'm all about killing things because I'm not, but it was really cool because I was a sorcerer and I would like shoot lightning out of my fingers. Okay. I was about to say, I hope there aren't any like deep rooted anger issues there. There's no no angst here. If like, (laughs) I'm, I'm not one of those. those Well, good, good. I, I, you know what? I'm I can't teenage years. Good. I can't complain. I'm going to be in the same round. I'm probably going to be playing video games. But on that note, we do have a guest we should probably get to because the show is called Talk Appella. Yes. So yes, uh, now that we've kind of done our bantering back and forth, I'm excited to welcome today's guest. I don't know if we've ever had a guest from this university, so this is really cool. Oh, but yeah. joining us today, we have none other than the incoming president of Harmonics at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, Trevor Stevenson. Trevor, welcome to the show. I feel like I Thank you. For having me, <laughs> yeah, we should clap. We should put a clap track. I feel honored clap. to be the first UNC uh, guest that you have on the show. So, wow, it is a, a big honor. I'm like, we get tons of guests from like the East Coast. Maybe like so every now and then we get like a you know New York type or somewhere up there. But I'm really excited about UNC because I don't know much about the university. We are. <laughs> There's a lot of things to talk about. Hopefully. <laughs> Well, hopefully we can unpackage some of that stuff today. So it was really cool. So yeah, thanks again for coming on. Just let's jump right into it. So for our listeners out there, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background in music and how you got involved in acapella? 
So yeah, I'm from North Carolina, specifically Charlotte, the best city in North Carolina, and honestly, <laughs> the South. So okay. bold claim. Yeah, bold claim. it is bold. I but I love Atlanta, so I might not believe you. You know, I could, actually, Atlanta is pretty good. So maybe like second. Okay. But yeah, I'm from North Carolina. I don't have like a very professional music background. I remember I just always loved to sing. I started singing in elementary school. I remember the first time that I did a talent show was in the third grade. And then after elementary school, I didn't really sing again until college. And that's when I started doing acapella. And that's when I found something that I really love to do. And I'm really glad that I found it because I've made really good memories and really good friends along the way. Well, so uh, first things first, you mentioned, uh, you know, your elementary school days talent show. Do you happen to know what song you performed at the talent show? <laughs> I sure do. So there was a movie out at the time. I think it just mm-hmm. came out. It was called College Road Trip, starring. Okay. Martin Lawrence and Raven Simone. Okay. And what? How have I not seen this? It was it, it's low key <laughs> one of my favorite movies of all time. So okay. I've heard of it. It's a great movie. But now so you need to go watch it. You really should. I think it's on <laughs> Disney Plus. So like, okay. if you do have a subscription, well, look that up. That, so look it up go. immediately. So Raven Simone does a song in that called Double Dutch Bus. And it was, I don't know why that song affected me so much. (laughs) My eight-year-old self just really, that song really resonated with me. So I felt like I needed to go in front of my entire elementary school and perform Double Dutch Bus. Yeah, and I sure did. And I had background dancers. Yes. Um, what? In I the did. third grade? Yes, in the third what? grade. Oh, and like, I love it. Wow, this is impressive. It was funny because I think they had jump ropes, but the song oh, no. is in no way what? about jump roping what? or double dutch. What? Okay, so I'm confused now. Yeah, I was confused. I think looking back, I'm confused as well. But <laughs> I think we thought like, oh, double dutch, bus, mm-hmm. like there's got to be jump ropes or something. Exactly, um, yeah. And then I remember they threw the jump ropes into the audience and it hit some kids in the face. Oh, boy. But I think they still enjoyed the performance, though, whoever that's got good, hit. So well, you guys must have put on quite a show if you can, you know, cause damage and, you know, people are like, hey, the performance was good if either you way. Yeah. Someone in the face and they'll still be happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I like to think so. Well, you know, I was on a. Brian doesn't know this. I was on a competitive jump rope team in elementary school. Really? What? Why am I yeah. just not learning this? Yeah, we went to state in Austin. Really? Yeah, it was legit. I mean, I wasn't that good, but but I was on the team. <laughs> and so the whole double dutch thing, I can appreciate. But yeah, I'm like just totally lost in that the song's name was Double Dutch Bus and there were I, no jump ropes. Yeah, I don't know who wrote the song, but <laughs> I think they need to but do I some mean, reevaluating. I the part that, as you've said, it's an awesome song. Yes, of course. Well, there it is. That's good enough then, <laughs> in that case, you know, a good title. There it right. is. So that's interesting that you mentioned that you didn't have much experience in acapella before. You know, we have a nice diverse mix whenever we have a guest on. Some of them have done it before. Some of them are brand new. And so this is going to be really interesting to learn about your experiences. But just speaking specifically about harmonics, how did you get involved with harmonics? Did you just discover them, you know, first day of campus or you heard about them? What's the story there? So actually, I transferred to harmonics. I went to a small private college in North Carolina. I went there for my freshman year. So I remember I wanted to do something music-based while I was at the private university. And so I joined an acapella club there. But I realized that we just weren't performing the type of music I wanted. I just didn't feel comfortable in that group or just at the university as a whole. So I looked into transferring. When I was looking at other universities to transfer to, I was looking at what organizations they had that 
could offer me something. And I found when I was looking at UNC that they had Harmonics, which is a primarily Black group. It's a sub-organization of our Black student movement. So we mainly perform R&B, hip-hop, and gospel music, which is majority of what I listen to. So I found that when I went into the audition that I just felt immediately comfortable around everyone. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, and I felt like after watching them on YouTube and their Instagram, I was like, this is something that I really want to do because I just really enjoy the music that they're performing, which I think is really important. Yeah, that's so huge right there. I know a lot of people in terms of joining a collegiate acapella group, they almost join it one out of necessity, typically because there's only one group there or there's typically a certain style at this university. You can have a few groups, but they're all the same. You know, they do top 40s, pop music, things like that. So I like the fact that you're mentioning that Harmonic spoke to you because of your comfort level, which is so important. And speaking of comfort and just more about harmonics, so UNC, for people familiar in the acapella community, know that UNC is filled with a lot of different groups. Lots. Add lots. And so <laughs> where does harmonics fit into this? Because I was looking on you all's Facebook page, and it's really interesting, and you kind of alluded to it, but harmonics are the premier African-American acapella group at UNC. You vocalize in like R&B, jazz, golden oldies, things like that. So how do you describe the fit of harmonics, and how would you describe the group? So I feel like when... Whenever harmonics performs, the crowd usually always gets excited for what music we're performing. I feel like we're always performing something that's never really touched on in acapella music. I think a lot of the music we perform is just very different than what the other groups are offering. So I just really, I love how the audience interacts with us. They just love how, I don't know, it's just, there's something different about harmonics that I think speaks to everyone. I think it's very obvious when we get on stage. Yeah, I was watching some of you all's videos today and man, you are so right about the reactions that you all get. I've, <laughs> there were a I saw few, this few... a lot and I don't even know what this means, but people were all... Uh, what is this? It was, oh, you guys... <laughs> <laughs> this is a radio program. <laughs> I was watching a performance and the soloist was the only one singing. And some of the women in the background voices of the group started putting their hands up and kind of shaking them a little bit. I don't know if that's just like a hand gesture that I'm not familiar with. It's been a while since my college days. So maybe I'm just not hip, but I could very much tell that that was something like it was like they were silently applauding the soloist. And that was something that I yeah. felt like was pretty awesome. Yeah, usually that means like if somebody's like fanning you off or... Oh, that's what it was. That was it. Yeah, it's kind of like, wow, you are really singing like... That was it. Like like like, you're hot. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they are on it. That's cool. And yeah, to go along with that, I was watching some videos and granted it was a few years back, but man, the reaction from just like the camera guys and the people sitting next to the Mm -hmm. camera guys, they were just confirming everything that was being sung and it was just insane. So the group definitely receives a reaction of satisfaction, being pleasing, of course. And it just takes the music. You're speaking about the music. It took me back to my elementary school days or not even just elementary school, my upbringing, because I grew up loving R&B, early 2000s. 90s R&B gospel things like that and I love the music that y'all are touching upon because I think back to my time in my group we might in the course of four years sing I know for sure one we sang a Brandy song have you ever but I don't know if we got to sing much soul or R&B outside of that so it's really awesome that there are groups that are specializing and what I feel is missing from the acapella community yes for sure yeah I think it's just because definitely coming from that past group that I 
was in, I honestly didn't know any of the songs that we would perform. Like we would vote on songs and I would mm-hmm. just kind of be like, oh yeah, that one sounds okay. Because <laughs> a majority of what we were doing was indie music or like I would say some pop music, which I'm just not familiar with. So coming yeah. to harmonics and seeing that like my music taste was being represented was so special to me. Yeah, and that sounds like the diagram or I guess the blueprint of what a lot of groups are doing today. And so I get where you're coming from. Right, well, and if, if you don't enjoy what you're performing, people can tell. <laughs> Yeah, it's very there's, obvious. There's no way to sell that if you hate what you're singing. No. So, Trevor, there's so much good music in R&B and gospel, hip-hop. I mean, among among the different genres that harmonics covers. So can you tell us how the group handles song selection with coming up with their repertoire? And where's the balance between choosing newer compositions in those genres versus your classics? Yeah, so what we typically do, we all choose about three or four songs at the beginning of each semester. And we vote on what songs we want to perform at the end of the semester for our fall or spring concert. So it can really be a range. I have a quick follow-up question there. So you said for the semester, So does the group have turnover between semesters? So typically we spend all semester arranging songs and then typically... So, yeah, it's usually our concerts at the end of the semester. So it's really quick turnarounds, typically from fall to spring on how we select our songs. So we usually... Well, sorry. No, so I meant like the turnover within the group, like with your membership. Do you have different members who are in the group only for a semester? Oh, no. Typically, if you're in harmonics, you're in for life. Some people do take hiatuses here and there, but usually if you're there, if you audition, you enjoy being there. You said that and all I thought was holy cow how do they do it if they have so much turnover <laughs> if they have turnover from semester to semester okay sorry we, we can get back to my other question about how your song selection comes about you, you've already touched on that a little bit but then what the balance is between basically how you decide between more recent songs in those genres versus your classic yeah so like i said we usually all bring three or four songs that we all vote on. And it also just depends on what our theme is for our concert at the end of the semester. So a couple of semesters ago, our theme was a cookout. So we tried to keep some newer songs that we might hear at cookouts. And then we also wanted to revisit some culturally significant songs that we would definitely be hearing at a cookout that might start like a line dance or something. Oh, okay. So it really just mm-hmm. depends on what the vibe is and what the theme is for the semester. Right. I love that, me a good line dance. That is so, I so awesome. That. Wow. <laughs> I was like over here just like, I, I'm impressed. It's like this whole idea of themes yeah. and like yeah, semesters. No, I've never, sweet. I've heard a lot of different type of things groups do that work for them, but I've never heard anything like that before. And that's like awesome. And I can't believe I hadn't thought of that at all. So where does this whole idea of choosing themes come from for you all? Is there a place that that comes from or has that just been the way of the group forever? I think it's just been the way of the group forever. So what we also do, it's not even just like a concert. We're also putting on a show. So typically we'll have our members. There's always like a scene, a correlating scene that goes with the song that we're about to perform. So somehow we'll work in like the name of the song into the scene and that will lead us into our performance of that song. Um, okay. So you guys are all about the entire performance. It's yeah. not just there to sing cover songs. Oh yeah. No, it's usually just a story from beginning to end. I so like it. mm-hmm. it's a lot of work, but we 
always have fun doing it and it always comes out great. That's awesome. And this question kind of ties into all that. I'm glad you brought this up. So how would you describe the culture specifically of the group? You know, what would I see or feel or if I was to like visit you all at rehearsal or hang out with the group? Is it tight knit? Is it very structured? How would you describe it from your own personal experiences? We are definitely just like a family. So we are always laughing. Sometimes we're laughing too much to where we get off track a little bit. Um, (laughs) But I think we try to keep, (laughs) yes, I think we try to keep the element of being a family and being together and just having fun because this is a hobby for a lot of us. Just reminding ourselves that we're just doing this because it's something we like to do. We like to make music. We like to entertain our community. So we just try to remember that. And I think we all just love it so much that we would yeah. And I know that for you, you mentioned harmonics is a second acapella experience for you. For the other members, do you normally find that it's a lot of new people to the art form or is it people that have come from these heavy backgrounds in music or how would you describe the makeup of the other members? I would say typically most of the members do not have any form of singing background. Wow. Usually when we go to our recruit new members, we just kind of say like, if you like to sing, if you think you have any skill at singing, come audition for us. There are members, though, that have extensive music backgrounds, like our music directors, and then a couple here and there. But usually it's just anybody that wants to sing and make music, we we love to have them. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, that's I gotta, very okay. I'm just amazed right now because I feel like Trevor is just segueing perfectly from <laughs> um, So you, you just mentioned, Trevor, a little bit about your recruiting um, and your membership. If they can sing, you want them to come audition. Have, has the group ever had a conversation around any challenges that they might face with attracting talent, given that the group has such a strong focus on certain styles of music? I don't think we ever have had any problems with attracting people to audition. Right. Sometimes our numbers aren't as large as some of the other acapella groups on campus. But I think because we are so, we have a niche and like our range of music is so specific that I think that's one thing people really appreciate about our group. And that's one of the main reasons people come and audition for us. If you've never had a problem with it, great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. That's definitely a rarity because for I'm thinking back to my time with my group, we had so many different types of singers come. We'd have music theater type folks. We have very classical type singers and stuff. And even if you go even more in depth, the music tastes were very varied. So I'm guessing it's a pretty big benefit for harmonics just to have people who come to the group that knows what they're already getting themselves into. They kind of know that, hey, as you mentioned, I'm going to feel comfortable in this environment with the music that we're performing. Right. And I think that was one thing that I was kind of nervous about going into my first group that I was in, because I just really didn't know what to expect. I just did it, especially being a freshman. I was like, I don't even, I barely know what acapella is. Uh, (laughs) So I think because we are R&B, hip hop, rap, gospel, people can really identify with that. And are, like I said, are really comfortable just coming in and knowing like what type of music they'll be performing because they know that like this is going to be some of their favorite music and that they'll probably love doing it so for you and i'm just thinking out randomly here so what was one of your favorite performances or maybe even one of your favorite songs from this past year that you all performed that's a hard one because i really do i love so many of the songs (laughs) i know i'm asking the very tough questions right now it's tough i think one of the our my favorite songs that i actually didn't even get to perform in so we usually do like a 
girls piece and a boys piece. So all the girl members will arrange one song and then perform that. And then all the guys will do the same thing. Okay. So the women performed a selection from Deep by Division, which was just so good because there are some, I think I was just mainly impressed with the bass in that part because yeah. that Lady bass. That has a, yes, a lady bass. That yes. song has a very what? deep bass. Uh oh, you're talking to lady bass. <laughs> <Yes>. Oh really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you would have loved that then because that I love that arrangement. Mm-hmm. They really I'm, did. Okay, the tell thing me, on that tell one. me again what it was because I need to write it, was, it down. It's deep by division. Okay, I'm gonna mm. go check that out. Yeah, one of our big things is always learning new songs to check out from our guests. So we're making a list, and with that, I'm curious: how do you all learn music? Do you all do music do you learn it audibly or what's the we method for y'all typically do it audibly so we'll okay. just when we're arranging we'll just sit around the table and kind of just listen for parts and then try to record it into our phones and that's literally just how we'll learn and then yeah. if somebody's not there well members of the group arranging each song yeah so oh, we'll okay, basically okay. break into sections so sopranos will do find a part tenors altos and Very then bass cool. yeah okay. we'll all it's like a collaborative effort that's to awesome find the pieces which i think is something that our music director definitely appreciates Mm -hmm. but i think it's something we all appreciate knowing that we all put in equal amounts of work i feel like that also establishes like another level of commitment from your members right it definitely does that's really cool and unfortunately on that note we do have to take a quick commercial break but i definitely want to get back to this conversation this has been a, a very fun conversation we're having with trevor stevenson from the unc harmonics and we'll be right back on tacapella if you're listening to this it is literally impossible that you aren't using either a smartphone or a computer so there's no excuse to not keep up with the ever-changing world of acapella through our social media channels Acapella will keep you up to date every day with the latest acapella news and what we're going to be playing on the station throughout the day check out at acaville radio on twitter and instagram and visit facebook.com slash radio to learn more Thanks for listening, and we will see you online. Hey, y'all, this is Trevor Stevenson. Welcome back to Tacapella. We are here on Tacapella with Trevor Stevenson. Trevor is a member, actually, he is the incoming president, excuse me, I cannot leave that out, of Harmonics, which is a collegiate group out of UNC Chapel Hill. So those of you who are just joining us, we've been having a really profound conversation here with Trevor, and we are just going to keep going. So Trevor, you mentioned that Harmonics is part of the Black Student Movement UNC. Can you tell us what the goals and purpose of the Black Student Movement are, and how Harmonics fits into that? So the Black Student Student movement was founded in 1967. UNC has a very interesting history when it comes to their Black community and their Black students. To this day, a lot of the things that they were fighting for in 1967 were equality and just recognition that their Black students matter as much as any other student there. So we're finding that the Black student movement is continually fighting the good fight as the last couple years we've been in the headlines for having our own confederate statue torn down silent sam and then also very recently we've had petitions going around about changing the names of a lot of our buildings that were previously named after people who owned enslaved people. So that's just a lot of the work that the Black Student Movement does. Also just providing a safe space for Black students in general. They'll have events throughout the year that kind of talk to different issues within the Black community and just fun events that bring Black students together so they feel like they belong at the 
university. Wow, that's that's very important. And I'm curious, I know right now there's so much going on in the world right now in terms of race relations and Black Lives Matter and all these different movements that have been needed for so long. And this is wonderful to hear that we actually there's some movement happening on college campuses. And so in terms of maybe if we can back up even before the more recent months here, how would you describe the reception and reaction to the black student movement on UNC? Has it been generally accepted by the student body and faculty? What would you say there? I would say yes. The university tries to incorporate the black student movement into daily discussions, but it could always be better. They try to have them host different events throughout the year, like throughout Black History Month, the Black Student Movement will do different days. They'll have like a do-rag bonnet day where everybody will wear a do-rag or their bonnet to That's the, the cool. pit, which is like our yeah. like congregation area on campus. And then we we performed on a day during Black History Month. So the university does try to incorporate the Black Student Movement into important discussions on campus, but it could always be better. Right, right. And we know that harmonics is tied into that. So in terms of harmonics involvement with the causes and the movements that this organization is doing on campus, is the involvement more centered on doing performances for the group or is there some other elements to how harmonics is involved with this group? Mainly harmonics is using our voices through music to inspire the Black community. So we'll perform culturally significant songs like Lift Every Voice and some others that are just very important to the Black experience. And that's how we try to contribute because we can only do so much as an acapella group. Right, yeah. But we try to do our best to contribute in any way that we can. And this is such an interesting idea because and when we speak so much about acapella groups, it's kind of almost limited in the sense, you know, we're a performance group. We go out, we sing in the community, we do gigs, we compete in ICCA, we do all of these musical things. And for the first time, I'm actually hearing about a group now that has a social activist element to it that's doing more than just singing. They're using their voices for these other methods, which is really cool. And I I think maybe it's something that we might, well, not might, we've already begun to see it, at least in terms of social media. We're seeing a lot more groups support the cause and support all these different efforts and charities and organizations that are tied to everything happening in the world right now. So it's wonderful to hear that, hey, there's groups that are already kind of ahead of the curve at least in a little bit and i'm wondering is this something in terms of the black student movement is this something that you bring up with new members when they're just joining the group or is it something they kind of just become a part of you know how do the other members of the group what are their reactions to being a part of something like this you know i think because majority of our members are all black so i think they just know how important doing these things are as a black person. It's just not something that necessarily has to be explained. They know the importance of singing songs that are culturally relevant and singing at these events that can really inspire people to change the world and look at the world differently. So we've never really even had to explain. I think it's just like an innate thing as being a black student, especially in the South, that we're just proud to do and happy to do. That's wonderful. I love it. All right, my geek out moment. So I am all about team building stuff. So this has nothing to do with music, but I love being able to hear that this, based on how I'm perceiving everything, has been tied into your group. So the four stages of team building, and I'm sure all of our listeners are just laughing at me right now like, 
Holy <laughs> shush. Shut up and get back to music. I, what? So the four no stages of, of team development are forming, norming, storming, and performing. And I feel like this movement that your members are involved in outside of acapella, I mean, in my collegiate acapella days, yeah, we would occasionally hang out outside of rehearsal and outside of performances. And we would go like bowling or go out to eat or just have a movie night or something. But And that's all great and fun. And that helps you come together as a group. But I feel like now that your group has been involved in this movement with like inspiring others, I feel like that gives harmonics an additional element that kind of helps bind them together as a group. And I feel like that is so important for coming across. Like, I think that's so important to any group because I feel like it just enhances your performance further. For sure. I think definitely just like I said, depending on like what we're performing, I feel like the crowd definitely feels the emotion that we're resonating and then the crowd's emotions kind of resonate back on us, which I feel like definitely unifies us together and just reminds us repeatedly that our voices and our message is very important and very relevant, especially today. Yeah, it definitely is. And I'm wondering now if we can maybe even get a little bit more specific now. So you have to bear with me on this because there's some information I wanted to find out for this next question. So in our previous episode, we spoke to an alum of a, co- a collegiate group who she was the only person in a group that was a person of color. And so she alluded to this idea that diversity in acapella is really this bigger result and this bigger issue of universities needing to do a better job of just diversifying the student population to begin with. And I was looking on the UNC website and I found out according to a 2019 report by the UNC's Office of Institutional Research and Assessment, there's about 7.8% of the total student population would label themselves as Black African American, while 40% consists of a person of color. So knowing all of this, my question here is, as a group whose primary membership is composed of people of color, how would you label the experiences in terms of like acceptance and opportunity that you all have been afforded as a group, you know, at least from a performance or artistic standpoint. I remember I was talking about this as I was talking during my speech to be elected president. I just there feel like sometimes election? I mean, I it was a very it. small election. That's okay. but, you were elected, think, so it's, even, it's yes, an even bigger deal. <laughs> it is. It is. But I think one thing that I was talking about was I think sometimes we just get overlooked in the acapella world, especially Mm -hmm. because there are so many groups at UNC. We're not the most competitive, but we do perform incredibly. We have the greatest fans. We perform great music. And sometimes I do think we get overlooked. And that's something that I'm hoping this year we can challenge those notions of us just being on the sidelines and being one of these premier groups that UNC has. Yeah, and that's, man, that's, I feel very differently about all of that right there because I look at it in one sense that when you look at other collegiate acapella groups and say, for instance, they perform, normally their repertoire might consist of one or two songs. The majority of songs you're performing are typically like one or two songs that might be featured in their set. And those one or two songs typically are well-received. They get tons of reaction just because it's a lot of music that people are into. It's a lot of people that's on the radio. And the African-American community, Africa in general, have just like influenced music. And it's really kind of disheartening in the sense that I'm kind of picking up the sense that maybe it's being limited, you all's opportunities in a sense, when really the music you all are doing is what so many people love. I don't know if we're necessarily limited, Mm -hmm. um, but definitely I think 
we do definitely get overlooked. We are probably one of the newer groups on campus, but I feel like that shouldn't be a reason to get overlooked. Oh, yeah. And yeah, like I said, I think we're performing just as well as a lot of the other groups on campus. Mm -hmm. So hopefully this year we can kind of shake up if there is a hypothetical ranking, like shake up the rankings on how harmonics (laughs) kind of places throughout campus. So Mm -hmm. that's one of my goals this year. And for the group, would you say the do a lot of gigs off campus? Where's the balance with that? So I would say majority of our gigs are actually off campus. We'll do a couple concerts on campus, do some pop up performances in our like congregated areas but we do a lot of outreach I would say and doing performances for I remember right before we left we actually got asked to record a video for a woman's birthday or it was Valentine's Day excuse me but I think we do get recognized in the community people really enjoy like having us there there are specific events that we go to almost every year because they just love having harmonics there so I don't know I think we uh, definitely have a voice outside of campus I remember actually this year we also performed at WRAL which is a local station and we performed some Christmas songs and holiday songs for their Christmas tree lighting which was a broadcasted thing throughout their network so We definitely have a voice in the community, but Mm -hmm. it could always be louder, stronger. Right, right. That makes sense. I have a curiosity question. Oh, go ahead. So harmonics is primarily made up of of members who are persons of color. I'm curious as to how diverse the other acapella groups are on campus. As of what I've seen, there are a couple groups that have some people of color here and there, but as as of what I've seen, it's not mm-hmm. incredibly diverse. Okay. Um, but that, yeah, that's definitely probably just a reflection of the campus, okay. though, because mm-hmm. right. our campus isn't that diverse. Right. So, right. It goes back to that bigger issue there. So, in your opinion, Trevor, what do you think we can do as a community to better diversify acapella? Actually, I think I've written multiple papers about this. Oh. <laughs> Maybe not specifically about acapella, but just like in this topic in general. Okay. So, mm-hmm. I think I know when it comes to black men, I know in my group, there aren't a lot of black men. And I don't think there's a lot of emphasis on black people in artistic realms. I know there's a trope even in theater of black women just being like the loud, soulful black singer instead of being these lead roles. So I think just normalizing a black person being in any role, being in any group, and then just performing a wide range of music can help diversify all forms of vocal singing and just the arts in general. I'm like, that's such a good point. I'm thinking back to not only my college days, but my high school days. I did a lot of musical theater. And Trevor, you're absolutely right. I was a rarity often in the theater realm. There weren't a lot of other African-American men, let alone African-American people in general that did that. So I, I do understand where you're coming from saying we just really need some more just numbers out there in the artistic realm and inclusion at the end of the day. And it's tough figuring out what the best solution for that is. Yeah, Um, I think something that I also wrote about was representation in the entertainment industry in general. Like I remember one of the papers I wrote about, there was statistics on how black boys specifically are represented always playing like sports. They're rarely ever seen doing music or singing or just doing something other than playing a sport. So I think that also 
also could affect how Black men, Black boys, the Black community looks at Black men in music and then just Black people in music as well. Right. Yeah. This makes me think more about what you said earlier about kind of being comfortable in that that environment that you find yourself into and especially kind of seeing those faces there and what you're doing that just helps to encourage others to join along. And what made, at least for me, choir back in high school such a wonderful experience is I had a small group of friends that were like me. They were other people of color that I latched on to and it really helped. And I'm curious, did you being someone who's artistic and your artistic endeavors before you got to UNC, did you have a lot of friends who were also involved in the arts or was that just something you kind of did on your own? No, I actually didn't have a lot of friends of color in the arts. So I felt like that was another reason why I just wasn't enjoying my experience in my prior group as much. But I think definitely having like a small group that does something together that makes you feel comfortable definitely affects your experience. And so coming to harmonics and I feel like everybody probably had a very similar experience that I did, maybe not feeling comfortable in their high schools or whatever artistic endeavors they were doing. I think we can all relate to that somehow. Right. And and Alicia, I'm curious because we've brought up a few times on the show, you know, you went to BYU, noteworthy. Diversity there is very interesting as well. Does any of this resonate with you being one of the few people that have come through noteworthy as a person of color? If I think about the gals who I was in the group with, I would honestly say today that, okay, so there were nine members of the group. And actually, I think we had a record breaking three members of color. It was me. And then we had two gals in the group who were Latino. Today, I would say, actually, no. Oh, we had four. We had two. Okay, so I'm half Korean. Another gal in the group was a quarter Filipino, but we didn't know it until way later on. And then she was like, yeah, my mom's half Filipino. And I was like, what? It was really, really wild. We kind of bonded a little bit over that. But we also had two gals in the group who were Latino. And I feel like I bonded a lot more with the two gals in the group who were Latino. I mean, they still are, but we're not obviously in in that group anymore. And like even today, I would say that the two in the group who I would be most comfortable just interacting with and hanging out with would still be those two. Now, I don't want to attribute it to the fact that they are women of color, but Mm -hmm. honestly, I do think it, it may be pure coincidence. And I should have prefaced for me, my mm-hmm. experiences, it wasn't just, you know, I found comfort in the sense that, you know, there were just other people of color, right. literally those people that I latched on to, we had the same interests, which kind of also ties back to right. harmonics at the end of the day. I'm just like people that are centered around, you know, what they're passionate about right. at the end well, of the day. So that's what helps in comfort. Funny, funny enough. So BYU is a very, very religious, very strict school. And it's very, I don't want to say clean, but I think like clean in language and appearance and just basically anything that you can think of like associating with that word. It's a very, I guess, I don't want to say neat because that's kind of what I mean when I say clean, but there are very high expectations when you go to BYU. It's very, very family friendly friendly. You're not going to find any like profanity in any of the music groups on campus. If there's anything that's suggestive in a particular song, they will not let you do it. There's a certain standard that they have right. that they, Thank you. That's the word. everyone adheres to, I guess. Standards are very high. And I guess, and I don't mean this, like I'm not trying to knock on myself, but I grew up outside of the state of Utah. So a lot of my friends were not of that same religious background. And so I was very much exposed to individuals who were okay 
away with that kind of thing. And so coming to BYU, it was kind of like a culture shock to me because I, I grew up in South Texas. And I mean, the predominant religion there is Catholicism. And so it's very, very different environment, very different culture. And one of the gals who was in the group with me, she was also from out of state. And so I felt like that was, and, and like a lot of the friends that she had growing up were similar to what I had experienced as a teen. And so I think that those similar experiences kind of helped us latch on to each other as well. Like I would easily say that if I picked one person who I would say was my closest friend when I was on Noteworthy, she would be it. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I get where you're coming from. I feel like the way I say that almost phrases it like we were bad students. We weren't. No. <laughs> we just had very different experiences from other members in the group. Right, right. Yeah. And I think that came across with our last little bit of time here. I did want to ask because there's so much uncertainty going on with how, you know, fall semester is going to look for so many, not only collegiate students, but, you know, acapella groups in general, specifically, what type of conversations has Harmonics been having in terms of how you all will function when school starts back up? Have you all been discussing if you need to do things differently, you know, classes are going to meet or if groups are allowed to meet? Honestly, I think everyone at UNC is just playing it by ear. I think everything changes from day to day. I feel like last week they were like, oh yeah, we're going to try to have classes and stuff but now like we're looking at like our classes being remote now so we're just playing it by ear at this point day by day just talking with individuals in close quarters that could potentially be a risk for covid but i feel like singing well i haven't like actually read any studies i'm just assuming it's been scientifically proven when you're singing your germs will travel farther so it's i feel like (laughs) it's an even higher risk yeah And I think also one thing that I'm worried about is how we're going to do concerts. Typically, we try to do like a whole lecture hall type venue, but I'm still trying to learn and figure out how we're going to operate. Like, are we going to have to cut our capacity or what? I'm very interested how that's going to look and to see if we're even going to do anything. Right, right. And and it makes sense. I'm like definitely uncharted territory. Excuse me for everyone. And good luck. (laughs) Good luck with yeah. that. <laughs> Thank you. I need all. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm like this is going to be quite an interesting year as an incoming president. To I, kind I, of I keep reminding all this. myself of that. I'm like, oh, I just had to become president this year. But <laughs> right. We shall see. Yeah, but I, I'm very confident. I'm like, if you can handle this, you're going to be able. You're going to do well in oh, anything yeah. else. No, that's, that's <laughs> Thank so you. True. Okay. All right. Well, Trevor, we wish you luck in that. We're sure you will do great. And with that, it is time for us to take another break. But stay tuned because we'll be right back here on Tacapella. Acaville is broadening our network. We're introducing a new show and podcast called Vocal Perspective, hosted by myself, Rachel Schoenbaum, and the amazing Amanda Cornaglia. Each week, we speak with a new female or female-identifying member of the acapella community to talk about ideas, themes, and topics that affect us. Tune in at Acaville on Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, or on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Acaville, home of vocal perspective. And we are back on Tacapella with Trevor Stevenson from Harmonics, which is a group from UNC Chapel Hill. All right. Per tradition, Trevor, we put our guests through a really crazy rapid fire round of questions. It's just a way for us to have a little bit of fun and get to know you. So are you ready? I'm going to try my best, but yes, I am ready. (laughs) And Brian, are you ready? I am ready. All right. Here Mm -hmm. we go. Trevor, what is your favorite acapella memory? I think at our last concert, we had like a big like dance number I think so I remember we were choreographing in practice Mm -hmm. and that was just hectic like the entire experience was (laughs) just 
a, almost a disaster. But I think that was honestly one of my favorite memories because I was awesome. like, you know, it's kind of like a fun disaster. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, that sounds like any time we attempt a choreography in my group, so I, I get it. <laughs> Next question, what is your favorite non-acapella activity? So I would probably either say writing or watching TV. Oh, nice. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Definitely a night owl. Okay. Nice. I'm, gonna say, I'm, I'm like a middle of the day kind of gal. Yeah, we tried to figure out another M type thing, middle or another animal, yeah, no, middle it's, of the it's, day yeah, something. It's just, it I, I, yeah, I don't know any birds. Like it's that. probably not even a bird, honestly. <laughs> That's probably what it is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, what's the best concert you've ever attended? Acapella or just in general? Oh, in general. Okay, so I actually didn't actually go to my first concert until like freshman year of college. So my concert oh, experience are very limited. Okay. But... The best I've been to thus far would probably be the internet. They performed a concert in Raleigh like a year and a half ago. Okay. That was spectacular. Right. And the group's called the internet. I'm writing the internet. That. <laughs> okay. All right. There. Add, add more to our list. Very cool. Okay. Brian, this question, I don't even know the answer to it for me. Trevor, oh, what is the last album you bought? Oh, 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 okay. So it was Lemonade. Okay. I remember, I don't think I had like Apple Music or Spotify or any like streaming service at that point. So mm-hmm. I physically, or physically, like I bought it on iTunes, okay. but that's the actual last album I purchased. Okay. Wow. Well, and I'm like, I don't buy albums anymore. I use Spotify. And I'm like, do people even know what that is nowadays? <laughs> you would hope people would students? still know albums. Am I just that old? Or I just, Brian, I still we're not buy talking age, okay? <laughs> what? <laughs> I do miss buying like CDs, going to like a CD okay. store okay. and like flip racks. Like I do yeah. miss that yeah. experience. There's nothing that can like substitute for going to the store and picking up that. Album. I don't even know the last time I did that. I was oh, I was probably goodness. in high school. I can't remember the last time I used used a CD. So yeah. what? Yeah. Why? Okay. <laughs> well, on that note, we can move on. On that case. All right. Next question. If you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, probably. Okay. So my parents make this like kielbasa. I actually just made it last night, but it's Ooh. like a kiel- a glazed kielbasa dish. And I usually okay. serve it with like rice and broccoli. So I'd probably say that. Oh my goodness. Okay. I need an invite to your house if I'm ever in <laughs> Yeah. For sure. For sure. <laughs> okay. It's my turn, huh? Okay. Nobody answers this the way I want them to. Trevor, cats or dogs? Dogs. I knew it. Yes. I knew it. I, does anybody like cats? I have nah, it in my house. It's questionable. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Fair. Were you going to say now, that pe- you hate cats? <laughs> I strongly dislike okay, them. Okay, we're ending the call right <laughs> oh, now. <okay. laughs> hey, we had our first person be honest about this question. You know, everyone kind of skirts well, around okay, it. So, so it's I okay. never saw myself as a cat person. I was like, yeah, never going to have a cat in my adult years. And my husband and I even talked about it. We were like, yeah, we're, we're dog people. We're going to get dogs. And then this little kitten walked into our lives and... He, like, saved my life. I was going to say literally, but that would get really dark really quick. He's just, like, the most loving little cat, and I don't have to do Mm -hmm. as much to take care of him. They're, like, the most low-maintenance animals. I'm going to go to sleep now. See ya. And so I feed them. I play with them sometimes, and I clean their poop. So well, Alicia, if nothing else, you will take care of all the rest of the cats in the world. So oh, that's <laughs> all right. A lot. <laughs> when you were younger, what did you want to be when you grew up? I remember I was asked this question for a project, and I think I just said entertainer because oh. I think there were just so many things that I wanted to do. I just wanted to. I think there's still so many things that I want to do. Like I want to explore music right. more. I'm also writing a lot 
for television. I've done stand-up before. Not well, but I've done stand-up. So there's just so many things that I want to do. And it's just really, right now, this year, I'm trying to figure out, like, what do I want to do? Well, when you become famous, remember the little people. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, this is is an interesting time to be balanced so much and really solidify what you're doing. So I get it. Well, and and even like your your major that you're going into, that's yeah. So yeah. I love it. What is your favorite thing about harmonics? Like I said, it's a tie between our family dynamic, just craziness, every practice and just the music we perform. Because I learned so many new songs being at practice. So I think both of those things, I couldn't be harmonics without them. Very cool. All right. Final say, question. Well, I was going to say, you oh. have to answer that carefully because some of your members might be listening. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The family aspect. I love all of them. Okay. All right. Our final question. What's the best place you've ever traveled to? I would say Aruba. <gasps> That's different. I like it. I want to go to Aruba. So nice. Yeah. I definitely recommend it when traveling is right. safe. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. All right, man. We're, we're learning so much that we need to check out places, music, everything. Yeah, yeah, we do. All right. All right. Well, thanks for that. That was fun. And on that note, let's transition to our very final segment here. We always like to leave our guests with something that they can walk away from the show with and in terms of advice. And so, Trevor, we pose a question to you. If you could offer our listeners some advice, what would you say? Alicia kind of touched on this earlier, but just to perform music that you actually love to perform. I notice like sometimes when we choose a song and then it's not when we arrange it and it's not, we're we're obviously not feeling it. It definitely shows up in the performance. It shows up in the energy. So definitely just make sure you're choosing music that you love because at the end of the day, at the end of the performance, you'll have the best performance and you'll have the most fun. That's well said. Very well said. And on that note if our listeners wanted to learn more about anything that you have coming down the pipeline with harmonics in your personal life where could they go to learn more about that and your personal. Um, <laughs> hey sometimes people want to plug their personal lives you know we do it oh, all man. the time oh, man. so if you want to learn more about harmonics you can find us on facebook and instagram and twitter and our instagram and twitter handles are both harmonics is h-a-r-m-o-n Y-X-U-N-C. So we'll post different events that we have coming up and just snippets of little songs that we've arranged. So that would be the best way to find us there. And then if you want to learn more about me and what I'm doing, you can find me at TrevStev, T-R-E-V underscore S-T-E-V on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. Alicia, for our listeners, if they wanted to learn just about your projects and not your personal life, where would they go? (laughs) I mean, if you want to know about my projects, you want to follow my acapella group. That's Inversion Acapella. Um, you can find us on Facebook as Inversion Acapella. You can find us, I mean, on our website is inversionacapella.org. You can also find us on Instagram and our Instagram name is Inversion underscore SLC. If you're interested in learning about my personal life, you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter name is Alicia Edwards 19. That is E-L-I-C-I-A Edward 19. Is that right? Hang on there. I don't even know. Now I'm embarrassed because I'm like, wait, is it 19 or is it 1989? Yeah, it's 19. So that was right. Okay. 
Or you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is e.squared1989. What about you, Brian? Where can we find you? Awesome. Well, if you just wanted to hear about my just ramblings and random assortments of thoughts and opinions, you can find me on Twitter at TheBrianAlex, Brian with an I. And then for everything that I do with College Acapella, please go follow College Acapella on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. On that note, that is going to wrap up our show today. We just want to thank Trevor Stevenson so much for from the UNC Chapel Hill with harmonics just for speaking with us, enlightening us about the culture of acapella on the UNC campus and everything that harmonics is doing. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. Awesome. And that's going to do it for us on Tacapella. Please go follow Tacapella on Twitter. We have a Twitter account, Tacapella, two piece, two else. You can listen to previous episodes on Tacapella.org. And of course, go give Acaville Radio a follow. Without them, we wouldn't have this show to to talk to all these wonderful guests. So that's going to wrap it up for today. And for everything else, stay tuned.